Hello beautiful and welcome to Finding Fertility. I'm your host Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co and I created this podcast to help get you to start thinking outside of the box and realize that your infertility might have nothing to do with your lady bits. Rooted in functional medicine and personal experience, finding fertility is all about looking at the whole body and finding the root cause of your infertility. Finding fertility does not diagnose, prescribe, or treat any issues of infertility, but what we do is take a holistic approach and improve your diet and your lifestyle to get you steps closer to creating your dream family. Just by being here with me, listening to this podcast, you're already going down the right path to making your dreams come true. Let's do this together. Happy Friday, all. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox. And today we have a podcast discovery call. Now, what this means and what this is, is a little insight into what I do for prospective clients that want to get to know me a little bit more and how I help them discover the root cause of their fertility issues. So thank you for those in the community that wanted to come on and share their story and get a little insight into their own journey. There's more information down in the show notes how you can be a part of this. So without further ado, here's today's special guest. Well, thank you so much for volunteering for this. It's um, actually something that I've been wanting to do for a really long time. It's like one of my favorite things to do um, just to really help people like shine a light where lights aren't being shown. (laughs) Um, So I hope by the end of this that you'll have um, some direction where to go and make better informed decisions about your journey. Um, I had a look over your form that you sent. Um, That is one of the forms that I use um, within the formula and with my one-on-one clients, Um, but there's many more. Like we dive like into lots of areas that you've probably never even been asked about. And Mm -hmm. that's where we like find things, right? So um, just tell me a little bit um, and our audience, a little bit about your, your fertility journey. So uh, it's been about two years, I would say, um, and I got engaged to my husband, and, my now husband, and like I knew I was over 35, so I wanted to, you know, make sure that we were prepared if there were any issues. I didn't know if there would be, of course, um, and so went to a fertility clinic, um, got like the baseline test done and everything was fine. Like everything was in normal range. So I didn't feel too concerned. So I was like, all right, still fine. So started trying even before the wedding, we had a good pandemic wedding. So that was fun. And in 2020 rescheduled several times, a little stressful. Um, and so things, you know, things didn't happen. It had been about eight months we were trying, uh, naturally and, um, you know, taking the normal supplements and things people recommend it. So we moved into IVF. They suggested just go into IVF. You're 37. Um, it's the best route if you want to have more than one kid. So I said, okay, you know, very uninformed, right? Like just went into it, thought it was going to work, honestly. Yeah, like I get it. I get it. One round, that'd be good. So I did the round of IVF, you know, decent egg retrieval, fertilization. And then I remember they just called on day five and were like, we're sorry, we, you, you didn't make any blastocysts. So I was like in shock. I was like, what? How is that possible? So they were like, well, you know, every month is different. Just try it again. So, <laughs> which again, should have questioned that a bit more. So tried it again the next month. Um, same outcome. Um, And I ended up changing clinics after my third round of the same outcome. And my new doctor has been like wonderful in terms of like changing my protocol and trying different things, but every outcome is exactly the same. So I've also changed things in my lifestyle. um, And like we, we get a good amount of eggs and they fertilize. I think we're at probably 45 eggs have fertilized over the six cycles and just not one has made it to blastocyst, which seems impossible to me, but 
that's where I am. So, yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie. My jaw dropped on the floor when you said six rounds in two years. Um, mm-hmm. I want to let everyone know, I just got the goosebumps that if you haven't done a round of IVF, it's, I would say one of the most impactful things on your body. It's, um, it's just hard mentally, physically, um, everyone's reactions are different on the drugs, but I would safely say that every woman feels like they're carrying grapefruits mm-hmm. in their Netherlands when you're stimming. Um, and obviously that's just not a normal thing for us to do. Um, and the recovery time isn't ever talked about with clinics. And I honestly just think they maybe have never thought of it. Yeah. (laughs) There's obviously no research, um, but your body um, just gets pumped full of so many drugs and it definitely needs a decent amount of time to detox. And when we're doing back-to-back IVFs, your body's just never getting that time. Yeah. And so when we are dealing with an underlying root cause um, and we're continuing on with medical treatment, our body just doesn't have the time. It just doesn't have the time to like catch up. And um, it really, really breaks my heart that this is the advice that many women are getting. Like, do not feel alone that like you were the only one to go through this and you won't be the last, right? You're not the first and you're not the last. Um, but yeah, clinics need to be aware to like, slow down (laughs) But because of your age, you get tricked into believing, well, I don't have any time. So I have to keep going. Right. Is that how you felt? Yes, that is exactly how I felt. And I took, I mean, took like three months off twice in the middle, which I know is not a lot of time, but I do. I just keep thinking now, you know, I'm 39. So this has been, I I still have nothing. (laughs) So it's been really challenging just, you know, trying to figure out what to do next, honestly, and like what, what, what I should be doing next. Yeah. And you have thyroid issues, right? So I never did before. But <laughs> I, now I do. Surprise. I, was told I should take thyroid medication because they said my levels were high enough or low enough, whatever the thing I checked off was that if I was trying to conceive, I should take the thyroid medication. If I wasn't, I wouldn't have to take it. Yeah. So I would assume it's your TSH that they were talking about. And, um, you usually like to see it between 0.5 and 0.2, maybe, or sorry, 0.5 to two, maybe 2.5 being the Mm. highest. So if you're out of that range, what the doctors are saying is like, well, just here's some medication to lower that. So that's just going to help with your fertility. Yeah. It was like a little bub, I believe is what they told me. So yeah. 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 And I would highly suspect that they didn't run a full thyroid panel to see antibodies. Do you know your antibodies? No, they just gave me that one number. And then I, I did inquire like a year later, should I still be taking this? And they ran the test again and said, well, now it's normal. So keep taking it. Okay. Um, sometimes I laugh as like a nervous, like reaction and like an anger reaction. Right. Um, I'm not laughing at doctors. I'm not laughing at patients. I'm not laughing at uh, like anyone. Um, but it's sad. It's like really devastating that the basics, um, just aren't there for health. So what, um, what likely happened is that you were probably dealing with, um, unknown issues and a lot of your common, but normal health issues, maybe would have been little warning signs, but we don't add those up to fertility. And so with the stress the just the pure stress 
of fertility issues, rounds of IVF, it just kind of kept pushing you off the ledge. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's highly likely that your thyroid wasn't functioning correctly before, but um, one, they're not looking at the whole picture with the thyroid and two, their markers are so big because we're taking in a sicker and sicker population. So the normal ranges keep going like this because if everyone was sat in normal ranges like this, there, there would be an epidemic, right? There is yeah. an epidemic, but they're like, well, I just push it. Well, everyone seems to be this. So that just should be normal. And it's not. And it's hard because you don't even know what to ask back. Like I don't mm -hmm. know. I rely on the medical professionals to advise me correctly. And obviously I do research, but it, it is a little daunting at, or very daunting at times, I should say. Yeah, massively. And um, like I had no training in biology or like, you know, women's health or thyroid or gut or fertility. I mean, I barely knew what ovulation was. And it is when you start studying it yourself, you still have that like FOMO in the office, right? Like, well, you're the doctor, like, what do I know? And um, I want to be able to empower women to feel a lot more confident when they're in the doctor's office to go, no, that's not normal. And yeah. if you're not going to help me with it, then I'll just go find someone else if you're able to. I know a lot of people are stuck with insurance and things like that. Um, so what would you say leading up before you started um, trying to conceive, what would be your top three health complaints? I think I always have had a problem sleeping my entire life. Uh, so in, insomnia, most likely driven by anxiety. So I'm just an anxious person, like somewhat of a perfectionist, but anxious worrier about things always like heart racing, that kind of thing. So those would be my top two, just my whole life. And then I would also say just weight in general, um, like maintenance. I was overweight younger. Um, this whole fertility thing, I've gained 30 pounds, which has not been fun. So um, that has also been a, a challenge and a stressor. Yeah, massively. Um, well, with, so weight for me is um, just another symptom of inflammation. Mm. And it's the most obvious, right? Other than skin issues. And so instead of society going like, oh, what's going on there? Like, let's get to the root cause of why you're overweight. You're just like, oh, you're, you're fat and you're lazy, mm -hmm. which is untrue. And anyone who has ever dieted or worked their ass off in the gym and still not losing weight can attest to that, right? So yeah. what's happening with weight is that there's inflammation going on. It's just the way your body's expressing that inflammation. Um, like I was the complete opposite. I couldn't put on weight mm. and because I wasn't overweight or I didn't have skin issues or anything else, they're like, you're normal. And so sometimes like you do just want to have a symptom that someone could physically see. Yeah. Right. Um, so with that, that's the inflammation with the anxiety and the worry being type a, an overachiever. Um, a lot of these um, the root cause of those stem from childhood issues. And we won't get into that. That's not what this is about. When I work with clients one-to-one -one or in the group coaching, if they want to talk about more of that, that's somewhere we go because it can answer a lot of our whys, mm -hmm. right? And there's like, I do a part where people dig into past traumas and I talk about how traumas don't have to be sexual abuse. They don't have to be physical abuse or even like really bad verbal abuse, but being teased on the playground because of your weight as a kid. Maybe, you know, I've had a client where their mother um, basically was like, you need to lose weight all the time through their whole childhood, right? Or never amounted up to what their mother wanted them to be or what their sister was or what their brother was. So a lot of these traumas in our childhood can just literally store in our body and then they, they physically manifest as disease. 
and then we carry them through our whole lives, right? And then on top of that, we might use alcohol or drugs or food or extreme, you know, binge watching TV or the things that really just contribute even more to what's going on. And so it's like this big snowball effect. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And because you're a functioning, beautiful woman, no one looks at you and goes, you're sick. Right. Right. You're getting up every day. You're going to work. You're getting through it. And we just push down any of the anxiety, any of the emotional stress, any of um, our normal issues that we can just get through the day with. Right. Or maybe use medication like an Advil or you know, like a over-the-counter medication or even thyroid medication. Well, here, we'll just get the, use this to get you through it. Um, and what's happening is um, our bodies just don't have time to heal. So they're just in recovery mode all the time, which is exhausting. Yeah. And as you probably can now feel, it's just worse and worse and worse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. It's not improved, that's for sure, after. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's crazy that we're led to believe it will magically just go away unless we do, if, you know, just keep doing the same thing. It's insanity, right? Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, with the sleep, um, your hormones, um, because of the lifetime of being anxious and in flight or flight or flight mode, uh, flight or fight, say that correctly. Um, your hormones are just completely out of whack and, um, yeah, it's just, that just adds up to sleep issues. So, and unfortunately your sleep is the time where you detox and recover. So it's just this awful cycle of never even like passing go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all, it's all connected. Um, and what are the kind of top things you feel like you've done to help improve your situation and maybe you feel like it's worked or you feel like it hasn't worked? I mean, I've tried meditation for my anxiety, so I've, I've definitely done that. Um, that, that has helped. I have done numerous things to try to help me sleep. I've taken lots of medication. I switched to just like melatonin now, um, and a noise machine. It does kind of help. I, I, sometimes I think I like hear things in the house. This is, you know, this is why I'm not sleeping, but the sound machine drowns that out. So, <laughs> um, so, so, I mean, those are the basic things. And then just from like a health perspective, obviously I have tried to change my diet over the years. Cause I, I will admit, like, I am like also a anxious eater of like binge eating things, like just eat all of the things. Um, so I've tried to control that over the years better and like introduce healthier things, but I do tend to go back to that bad habit when things are stressed or I'm more anxious. So like you said, vicious cycle basically. Yeah. And it's hard, um, to stick to those new commitments, especially if we try to take on too much. Um, you know, like I obviously talk a lot about the autoimmune paleo diet. Um, but I always advise people do not even try it until you're confident that you've eliminated, uh, like just like the basics in the, the gluten, the dairy, um, a a sugar addiction, um, and soy, soy is kind of the easier one for most people, but, um, you know, the, the dairy and the gluten, um, and sugar are like, sometimes like 70 to 80% of our meals. So if you can't tackle like one or two or three of those first, you are going to get so overwhelmed moving forward with an even more restrictive diet. Um, So it's really about starting where you're at. And um, this is where the mental and emotional side comes into it. And it's so important is if you aren't hyper aware of your triggers and what's going on, you're going to fall back into those routines so easily. 
Um, so it's this vicious cycle. And I know I had to ask myself, especially with alcohol, not that I was like an alcoholic with vodka under my bed, but like, I like a good drink and I still do. And, um, but I had to get really real with myself of like, why am I putting this as a, like, uh, this over the future of my family? Because I now know it's not healthy for me. I found out that I had an autoimmune issue. I read that at even one drink of alcohol could be detrimental to my gut health. Mm-hmm. And my gut health was the root cause of my infertility. And it was just like, why? Why can't I just walk away? Even if it's just for six months or even a year, I could go back to it. Yeah. But you, that's where looking at your past and, and diving into that um, and getting real with yourself, um, and shifting up your, your mental thinking of like, okay, what's more important right now, a glass of wine, a cupcake, a bag of chips for my future family. Yeah. And sometimes it was a glass of wine. I'm not going to (laughs) lie, (laughs) but it became less and less and less like that. And I always just say it's consistency, right? The more you do an action, the easier it becomes. And if you're able to be perfect for a short amount of time, even better, but you don't have to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. I think it's challenging too. Like I've tried to change things, but my husband is not always on board with that. So that is always a hard piece to, to that part when I, over the last two years have tried to, you know, follow different, different diets and buy organic food and all of those things. And he's buying Burger King still. So, you know, okay. (laughs) Do you feel that it's on both sides, the embryo quality? Has your husband been told that he's fine? He's been told he's fine. Yeah. I think that's like the worst thing because my husband was told the same thing. And so he didn't feel like he, there was room for improvements. And um, I know not every woman can do this and you have to find the own balance with your husband. But after about a month of me really changing my diet, basically being on paleo, I I didn't discover autoimmune yet, but it was hard enough, like just going paleo. Sure. Um, he wasn't doing it. And, um, I just had the hard conversation with him. I said, I'm the one who has to go through IVF. I'm the one who takes the brunt of everything. And I'm willing to do that for our family, but I need your support. Mm -hmm. And if you can't support me in these little things, at least in our household and try to be better when you're out and out and about, then I can't have a kid with you. Yeah right? It's too hard. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a heated conversation. He didn't just like roll over and take it. <laughs> and I do have to admit, I did 99% of the work. I was the one waking up early and cooking the breakfast and mm-hmm. making the lunches and making the dinners. And um, I was still working a 40 hour work week um, on top of all of this. So obviously the stress levels weren't great, but, um, I did. And I remember one day sitting with him and he goes, man, we really got this down. Don't we? And I was like, yeah, I fucking do. Yeah. I'm pretty good. Aren't I? (laughs) So I think if I did all of that, he probably would be on board. I think I agree with you. Um, cause he's been so supportive and like has done a lot of things that I've asked. (laughs) So It's just maybe if I got better control of it, like you said, and then brought him in, he would, he would be on board, at least in the house. Yeah. It's a good way to approach it. And for him, um, I mean, I know my husband got his sperm retested because we were, you know, it took us a while to figure everything out. And just by the little improvements that he made, not drinking at home. So he would just drink Mm. when he was with the boys. Um, and eating the meals at home. And if he traveled and he just ate whatever he want, his sperm still improved by the millions. Mm, yeah. So I honestly am so interested in that because we didn't do like the fragmentation testing either. And I am very okay. curious, like what that would say. So yeah, I've asked numerous times, but they keep saying it's not necessary. So, 
Okay. My advice for that is tell them it's my money and yeah. I demand it because yeah. that, if you don't know my story, that was my big thing. I went to a clinic specifically to be tested for autoimmune issues. And they told me I wasn't a candidate because I wasn't having reoccurring miscarriages. And it was my, that it was my, yeah. that was my answer. So yeah. if this like the biggest thing, I know it's hard, but if you can start tuning into your intuition and really sit with, um, what is your path? Um, and just demand the things. I think it's crazy that doctors are like, no, you're not candidate. It's our money. Yeah. Like, let us spend yeah. it. Like, <laughs> I just want to know everything. And it's very frustrating that after all of this, like, I still know nothing. Like they just say you have poor egg quality, which yeah. is baffling to me still at this stage. <laughs> so yeah. And as we know, the science is proving is that um, it's down to your cellular health, not your age. Mm -hmm. And so once you discover um, how you can improve your gut health, I would say, um, and lower, take away as much as you can of the inflammation through the right diet, through reducing your stress levels by, you know, really tapping into those old traumas of why you can't commit to diets. Um, giving your body time to heal after two years of medical treatment is going to be yeah. a big one for you. And, um, I, I, I've had a lot of older clients and, um, one of the things that we do is we do this worksheet. It's free to download. You just, um, Google judge your neighbor worksheet. I have them like hung up here and you do it with your age. It's all about like getting down to what what the situation is, is it true? Right. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. my age is causing my infertility. And then you work through these steps and it's like, actually, no, my age is not causing shit. It's just a number, yeah. <laughs> but it's really hard because society has literally conditioned us to base a lot of our life around our age and what we can and cannot do. Um, but if you can really tap into dramatically lowering that inflammation, your cellular health can go up. Now I am going to be really transparent and I have had an elder client 42 and literally she has done every single thing that you can possibly do on a holistic level. Um, she waited to do IVF after, after she's done everything and, she still didn't get viable embryos. Yeah. And this is where the digging and the testing for genetics comes from. She was told not to do some testing. I said, if your intuition is telling you, you do that testing and I don't care if you're not a candidate for it and some more genetic testing just to see if, um, if there is an issue that can't be fixed. Yeah. right? Because there is that possibility. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but at least you can walk away with that knowledge. Agreed. Yeah. And you can really um, shift your perspective and move your life in a different way other than thinking, what if, what if, what could I have done? Yeah. There's a lot of that right now. So I agree. I, I think it's so I know personally, I have to get better at like, not just asking, but say demanding. Mm -hmm. And say, like, I like what you said, it is my money. I actually, <laughs> when I called this week, I asked them about the test and the nurse was like, it's $300. And I was like, that, that might as well be 50 cents at this point. Like, <laughs> I, I, guess, I mean, it's I, so true. Yeah. Especially if you're paying for IBS, man, like it's not cheap. No, um, no, it's exactly. Hard. And uh, yeah, I just think there, you know, for a lot of women, there could just be some standard things that they can do. And if IVF isn't working, okay, where can you dig a little bit deeper before trying another round? And um, if that round doesn't work, like that was my story. Like I always dug a little bit deeper every failed thing. And if you look at my journey, you can kind of go, well, you were failing, but in reverse, I was actually winning. Cause I was, I got healthier embryos. I got pregnant. I had a baby. Um, but there was, there was no guarantees. And that was the last frozen embryo transfer. 
I had everything. I had the diet. I had the immune suppressing drugs. I had healthy embryos. I had two, um, and I still had a miscarriage. So, um, it's, um, the more you work on your mental and emotional health, the better you're able to gracefully go through this journey. And then the more knowledge you have about overall health and wellness, um, that's when I feel like journeys can get shorter. So I know a lot of women feel like three to six months. You want me to wait three to six months? I know. And I'm like, yes, but it can maximize your chances and really shorten your journey. Um, And especially if you're dealing like with reoccurring miscarriages or continuing, you know, failed IVFs, you know, that puts you back. It puts you back months in your journey where if you just kind of redirect your goals to all the small achievable ones for most people it trickles down into your fertility health because your fertility health is the first thing that's going to get switched off and the second and the last thing to come back on because your your body wants to um be in a state of thriving to welcome welcome your baby And especially if you're dealing with thyroid issues, this is probably what pisses me off the most about doctors completely ignoring thyroid issues or just, you know, putting them people on the pill is that um, your chances of having complications during your pregnancy um, are much higher. And um, I see a lot of women um, really struggle with birth and postpartum and Um, if you choose to breastfeed, so like have issues to breastfeed, because these are all super demanding things on the body. And um, your body's just gonna be like, I gotta survive. I'm just literally keeping you alive. So everything else you need me to do, like I'm not going to be able to do at the Mm -hmm. moment. And so it's not just important for getting pregnant. It's really important. I would say even more important for um, long term health during pregnancy and prenatal. Yeah. which just doesn't get talked about, right? People are like, just have a baby. I'm like, it's not that, it's, that's much more complicated. Yeah, <laughs> that is, I, I've learned that, that's for sure. <laughs> so. Is there any other kind of questions that you had on your mind? Um, I mean, I th- this was like extremely helpful for me just to chat through it, honestly. Um, I think in terms of like advocating or like, I know you talked about different types of tests like women should have, like, are there things that come to mind to you that like you think people don't get today that are missed? I know you mentioned the autoimmune thing, but. Um, So I would say uh, a full thyroid panel to see what Mm -hmm. your antibodies are doing and see what your whole thyroid is doing. Um, and I always say when I run that test for clients, you got to remember it's a snapshot in time. So people are like, oh my God, my results are worse than they were. Um, it's like, well, how were you the days leading up to the result? Because it's all dependent on your stress levels, uh, for a lot of people. Sometimes it's focused in the gut. Sometimes it's both. Um, so really looking at that and using those as a tool. Um, I personally think everyone should run a gut health test and um, see what their gut health is like, because that's the core of um, what's going on in your body, right? Your gut handles everything you put inside of it. Um, So obviously finding um, your inflammatory foods is very, very powerful. Um, so So like a food sensitivity test, if you don't want to do elimination diet, which can be, um, really time consuming, a gut health test, um, a full thyroid panel. And then you can start looking into like all your minerals, um, all your levels on that end to see where you're deficient in, because those play a huge part. And for most women, um, that can be a huge leap for them. They can really dramatically increase their, their fertility health. Um, it's really when you're doing all the right things and you're still not seeing results, especially failed IVFs, when you have the proof that, okay, 
I have not improved your cellular health, that's when I would go into more in-depth genetic testing. I mean, I'm sure most people know that the MTHFR, that's, I think, a common test that people are now getting tested for anyways, but um, there's just so much more than that. But um, it it's simple, yet it's like piecing it all together. Yeah. So it was really funny when I was designing my course, um, I was like, God, there's a lot of information. Like, no wonder it took me like years to figure this out on my own and why so many people struggle because they feel like they have to do it all at once. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's just not how it is. And I think it's almost damaging because I think there's like 90% of people who are type A in the fertility issue zone. So they're like, I can do this. I can tackle everything all at once and it will yep. be amazing. And I'll get pregnant in two months. And the reality is it's just too stressful, especially if you have a life, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Um, you got to maintain your life and your job and your relationship with your husband. And if you're dealing with secondary infertility, it's even harder. Um, but um, it's just little by little and, and definitely not getting hung up on diagnosis and yeah. test results because they are a snapshot in time and they're not set in stone. Yeah. That's a good, yeah. And I am the person that tries to do everything at once. So I can just, <laughs> just like fix it. Like I just want to fix it immediately, take every test and then move on. And I know that it's not how things get better. So, yeah. And I mean, it's just the three months is minimum because of the A quality. So a lot of your symptoms, your normal health issues will actually dramatically disappear once you lower your inflammation, but just because it takes three months for an egg to mature, that's just where the three months comes from. Yeah. If yeah. you're dealing with a lot more, um, deeper root cause issues, like you need a minimum of six months just to have that three months to detox and like heal and regenerate. And then your body can start giving the things it needs to the fertility aspect of it. So that's why, um, that's why we say those time frames, but um, yeah, it's it is it is doable. All of it's doable. It's just not as easy as people think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So true. So true. That was my. I mean, my main question. I wrote down. So. Yeah. Well, anything else? You've got me here. So if there's any anything outlying that you think. I mean, I guess just like getting started with all of these things. How. Like even sometimes that's overwhelming to like frame it out for three months. Like how do you recommend just getting started? Yeah. Okay. So basically how my course is laid out and what I do with my one-to-one -one clients is that um, you start usually with your diet because it's tangible, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, and so we walk through of like where you are, what can you commit to right now? If the only thing you can commit to is gluten, I'm not going to eat gluten. That's where you start. And you set yourself a challenge for 30 days just to be very consistent with that, right? Like, okay, yep. if you have one day that you mess up, it's not going to ruin your chances. Um, and so you just start where you're at. Like, what can I commit to? And during that time, while you're doing your 30 day challenge, you just start bringing in the other things. You okay. start looking at your bed routine. You start looking at your morning routine. You start playing around. Do I like journaling? Do I like yoga? Do I like meditation? Some people can't sit and meditate. So where's a um, movement meditation? Just going for walks. Um, I know consuming knowledge about um, a certain aspect that you're interested in, whether it be diet, gut health, uh, spiritual journey, you know, all that stuff is you know, read, listen to audiobooks, listen to podcasts. So you're not necessarily doing the things, but you feel empowered about doing the things. And then you start doing the things, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and just giving things a go. I mean, it's just about finding what works for you and not getting hung up. Like, Oh, like I hated yoga for like the first year. Like it sucked. It was like, my mind yeah. was racing. Like I couldn't, I couldn't do it. 
and um eventually i worked on because your your brain is a muscle right and you have to consistently work on it it's just like exercising you're not going to sit down and be a buddhist monk the first time you do it so it's really just like continuing going going and exploring different places and practices and eventually you find something that just just resonates with you and so you get excited about doing that um so it's really just first doing the tangible things um setting goals that are achievable for you and focusing on those goals so um it would be like maybe rating your anxiety levels. Like, what was I at today? Did I improve today? Did I not over ruminate? Like for most people or a lot of people would be like gut health or skin issues or hair loss. Um, periods are a big one. Like looking at your periods, are they getting healthier? Do you have yeah. less cramping? Do you have less um, breast soreness? Like all those things. Are your moods not all over the place? Like those are all huge wins. And those are what your body your body's way of saying this is working so it's shifting your focus away from pregnancy testing and a positive pregnancy test because if you if you base it on that you're going to feel like you're failing and what you're doing isn't working yeah but as you probably know it's a consistency and it's a slow recovery um and then once you have, you feel confident in your diet, you feel confident in some of the lifestyle factors you made, like, obviously we talk about reducing the toxins and all that, like, you know, those are kind of basic trying to yeah. conceive stuff, right? Like most people done have that. done that. Yeah. <laughs> no, no plastic in my house. No right. All face in my shampoo anymore. It's all <laughs> um, then we talk about um, how to maximize right? Because there's no point of maximizing your fertility if you're still having high inflammation. It's basically, you're just going to, if you're using supplementation, you're going to have expensive pee. And um, yeah, it's just, it doesn't work that way. So we start going into more in depth about um, if you have thyroid issues, if you have gut health issues and really tackling that. The good news is, is that most of the things that you're doing is already improving all those areas, right? So yeah. it's just really maybe targeting in if you do need targeted supplementation, if you do need to get real with yourself and seek out professional health, help to for trauma or um, hire a coach to help with emotional freedom tapping or like just really start getting into those um, release mechanisms. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, we just talk about time right? Just giving your yeah. body time and re redirecting, like, instead of saying, I'm old, I don't have time. You just be like, I've got all the time in the world. It's 2022. It's yeah. not 1840 when I'm going to, I would have be dead by now. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, that's just not how life is anymore. Um, and give yourself time that if you are going into another IVF soon, because I think you said you might be. Um, Maybe. I, I don't know what I'm doing, but yeah, I've, it's been suggested to use donor eggs as well. So I've yeah. been contemplating that, but I haven't decided yet. So yeah. It's giving yourself time before any medical treatment, even yeah. donor eggs. Um. And just, yeah, really focus in. And, you know, like we get, I mean, there's a lot to cover, as you know, but even into the woo-woo side of things, right? Uh, visualization of being pregnant, of your baby yeah. being there, of saying things like when I get pregnant, not if I get pregnant. Um, and just really dissecting like how we've been thinking and feeling about our body during all these failed treatments because I think that really contributes to um, just not being able to do the physical things that we want to do to improve our situation. Like if we subconsciously believe that it's not going to work or it hasn't worked, so why is it going to work now? Then your subconscious mind is like, okay, it's not going to work. So therefore you don't need to eat that diet. You don't need to do that mindset. Yeah. You know, yeah. so um, just start where you're at. 
and just continue adding on little things. Um, and just, you know, like if you do want to do the functional testing, you just seek out someone that has that knowledge. Um, I don't know if your clinic does anything like that, but, um, yeah, some people need to see the test results <laughs> and some people are just like, I'll just do what you say. Like, because at the end of the day, test results can like pinpoint a few things, like, especially like if you're having gut issues, that's when I'm like, look at your gut health for all those yeah. hidden things. Like if you have SIBO, if you have bugs, parasites, if you're not, then it's kind of like, just give this a good amount of time and see how you're physically feeling. And if you're physically feeling so much better, then you're probably most likely on the right track. Yeah. But I never talk anyone out of testing because obviously that happened to me and yeah, you don't it know. cost me a lot of money, a lot of time and a lot of heartache. <laughs> so it's your money. You can spend your money on whatever testing you want. <laughs> If it tells you something informative, it's not a waste of money to me, but when it exactly. tells me nothing, I don't enjoy that. <laughs> so, I know, but yeah. I always say you got to reframe that way of thinking because at least you've taken that off the list. True. That's right. Good, yeah. So I don't really ever feel like there's nothing there. It's just like, okay, not my problem. I'm going in a different direction. Yeah. Right. Because I know, I know how frustrating it is. I mean, it was almost five years that I had every test result come back okay other than the failed IVF which was like a big warning sign yeah <laughs> yeah it's like um, you're perfect your blood work looks great your uterus is beautiful like I'm like if I hear that one more time I, I, <laughs> like cool that's great but still sitting here so I don't know yeah yeah so and the thing with medical assistance is that um it doesn't do anything for your egg quality, your egg and sperm quality, right? That's all the pre-work that you have to do. So um, I think we're falsely led to believe that IVF will be the magic fix, but it literally puts egg and sperm together. Yeah. And that's all it can do. Like, yes, I know that you use drugs to assist with the first few weeks of pregnancy, um, but for most of the people you're off those drugs within a few weeks. Um, so it's still down to your body to be able to do that process. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a great, um, assistance for people who, um, truly need it. And I think it's even great if you are a little bit older and want to have like, you know, it collects a shitload of eggs at one time, right? Like yeah. I get it. Um, but to set yourself up for it, um, health and wellness wise is, um, the, our missing piece. I agree. Yeah. I wish, I wish anyone would say that, like wait four months and do all of these things first. I mean, they tell you to take all the vitamins, of course, which I've done like, but yeah. Yeah. How I don't know how much CoQ10 I can take. But I <laughs> and the thing is, is that it's highly likely you just have too much inflammation going on for that stuff to even do, do anything, do anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's the bummer thing about supplements and people, you know, get very rich off of those supplements and they are great for support um, and advancing the needle for us. Right. Like, luckily we can have that this day and age, but it's not our answer. And I know I spent many, many years and many, 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 many amounts of money <laughs> on it. But, yeah. um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's frustrating, but that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm trying to educate people on. And, um, I think that, um, you're ready to commit to a few things that, you know, will improve your situation. And I think you have the knowledge now to, make better informed choices of where you want to go with your medical treatment um, yeah. and see what, and just remember that age is just a number. And um, if you were like 50, I'd be concerned. <laughs> and what my elder client, she's 42. Uh, she, you know, I mean, the clinic's really freaking her out, right? You're 42, you better get on it. I'm like, fuck it, you're already 40. Yeah. Like, 
you're already there. Like it's not going to yeah. dramatically change six months to a year from now, like 10 years. Okay. Like, yeah, I get the clinic not wanting you to wait 10 years, but yeah. I don't understand what the big deal is with six months to a year even. Yeah. So it's, it's really so refraining yourself, re yeah. redoing it. <laughs> I think it's hard just like thinking about age in general, like, and having children, it's not rushing to get pregnant. It's like more being a parent quicker, you know, like, I think that's how I think about it. So that's the challenging part for me. Um, but I completely understand what you're saying. Like, I do, I do think doing all of these things over and over again, like, obviously it's the same outcome. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. It's not the answer. Yeah. I'm an older mom too. I mean, I'll be in my fifties when my, my kids are just getting into high school, if that. Um, and yeah, it weighs on your mind because I thought I'd be pregnant at 27 and yeah, you know, um, but I guess what, um, kind of got me through that whole kind of age thing was one, I had time to deal with my shit. So mm -hmm. that made me a better mom. Yeah. And two, now I know how to keep my body as healthy as I possibly can. And sometimes I do, and sometimes I don't, <laughs> but it's going to help me just not feel 50, yeah, not yeah. feel 60. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just, that's just how it's going to be. So I think all the knowledge that you gain while going through this, um, kind of negates that, uh, vision of what. 50 year old moms look like right yeah. <laughs> and right. I actually have a friend who's my mom's age my mom had um kids very very young but um a friend at 47 have her baby and you know she's 60 and her kid's not in high school yet and she's out playing tennis and yeah. like you know like like you wouldn't think I mean she got a few wrinkles but other than that she is very fit and active and travels and skis and does all those things so I think for our generation um we think of our grandmas who were a little bit overweight didn't really mm -hmm. do much they weren't sporty you know like the typical kind of like both of my grandmas are southwest um or no sorry northwest uh or east one's from wisconsin but um yeah we got to redefine what motherhood's gonna be yeah. and it could be whatever you want yeah that's very true yeah my grandma was like 55 and I thought she was 95. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's the hair. They've yeah. proven it. It was the hairstyles that made them all look super old. It was. It was. <laughs> it yeah, exactly. Well, I'm so excited that you came on and we got to have this chat. I really think mind sharing and getting a fresh perspective on your journey can just really radically change things for people. And I'm, I'm super excited for you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time, all your insight. Uh, yeah. It was a wonderful experience. So I appreciate it. Yeah. My pleasure. Well, you know where I'm at. I'm uh, hanging out a lot at TikTok, making fool of myself over there. So, um, and yeah, you got the podcast and yep. the email. So just keep in touch and let us know how you get on. Awesome. Thank you so all much. All right. Thank you so much. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Finding Fertility podcast. If you're loving this podcast, please leave us a rating and review and let us know how this podcast is supporting you to get steps closer to creating your dream family. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Friday for another episode of the Finding Fertility podcast.